Right, looks like everything is working and we are back what is going on everybody uh, we're back after taking a sh little uh little break last week we are back at our regularly scheduled time and alex is in his new house new house who dis new house who dis um that's, and how is why it i look like i'm in a prison cell i promise <laughs> how is it how is the new house so far Oh, I love it, man. I love it. So much more space. I cannot believe we packed all of the stuff that is in this house into that old house. When you start moving all your stuff, it's like, how do we get all this? Where right. did it all yeah. come from? I am giving away literally everything. Shh, Bubba. Uh, literally everything when I finally move out of here. But yeah, yeah. so Alex is in a new house. And tonight we have with us Rocky the Bone Lady. He is Hello. a... He's a, uh, a mutual friend now of ours through uh, Dwayne, if you guys will remember when we had Dwayne Cerny on a couple weeks ago. Shout out to Dwayne. He's one of the cool kids. Shout out to Dwayne for sure. So we had a we had a great conversation with Dwayne, and we are looking forward to having another amazing conversation with Rocky tonight. Um, so with that, Rocky, I'll just let you introduce yourself to everybody, and then we'll run, and then we'll run with it. Well, I'm Rocky Degatti. I am originally from Bristol, Rhode Island. I am an artist, a fine artist, as well as a jewelry artist. And I live in New Jersey now. And my medium for my jewelry and ornaments is real human bones. And for those who are watching, I am wearing a human cervical vertebra around my neck with red jade from Colorado. And upon my hat is a hat band decorated with another cervical vertebra. And that's got some uh, Southwest turquoise on it. So uh, 
I sell them on my website, darkerartstudio.com. And I am a fixture at uh, most some of the East Coast uh, horror and oddities events. Event there. All right. Well, so you're, what you're telling me is that when Halloween time and stuff rolls around, you're going to hit me up with a, a link to come to those events. Absolutely. My next Perfect. event, um, since this is live, I'd say I don't have to worry about the time thing. My next event for anybody on the East Coast is I am going to be at the Penhurst Asylum uh, Paracon, which is May uh, 19, 20, and 21, uh, the 20th and the 21st are the days that they're having the vendors. Okay. So uh, and that's going to feature some old friends of mine. The team from uh, Ghost Hunters is going to be there. And I think uh, Mountain Monsters is going to be there. Some of the folks from uh, Kindred Spirits. There's, they get quite a, So if, if folks are interested in the paranormal, uh, they're going to have some very interesting programs, guests, and ghost hunts. Of course, Pennhurst Asylum is a haunted asylum. And I'm going to be there selling my human bones. Well, not the ones I'm using like, for me, <laughs> but I am going to be selling human bones. And um, and they're going to have like it's, it's a very cool place to visit because it has a lot of history. Right. It is a lot of activity. So it's uh, it's a very curious place. So they're having the Paracon and Oddities Expo. And as my life goes, I'm part of the oddity. Well, that's OK. So Penhurst sounds very familiar to me. And I I wonder where is that? It's over. Is it over in Pennsylvania? Correct. It's in Silver Spring, Pennsylvania. That's what I thought. All right. So it's not going to be too far. Unfortunately, that weekend I'll be out of town. Dang it. <laughs> is that the weekend uh, you're I'm... you're here? No. May 19th is the, uh, it's going to be when I'm up in uh, Rochester for the PGA up there. Oh, gotcha. So I'll be up in the Rochester. Buffalo. Yeah. 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 I think actually, right before we got on this, I just went and played nine holes. It was late in the day and I went outside and it was nice. And I was like, let me go play nine real fast before the podcast. Um, One of the kids we all knew growing up became a PGA golfer. Oh, nice. Billy Andrade. Andrade? Andrade. Bill Andrade. He was he's from Bristol, Rhode Island, also. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll be up, the, I'll be up there that week for that. Dang it. Well, whatever. There's, there'll be more. My buddies last year, I think last year, tried to get us to go out to uh, Penhurst, and for some reason, we ended up not going. But yeah, an excellent golfer cool. myself, actually. All right, so Rocky and I are going to go play golf and talk about paranormal stuff too. You know, I I can get it through I'm the windmill almost every time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I hi. get you guys with that every yeah, time. Got him. <laughs> uh, oh, my mother is here. Hello, mother. Um, she says that she loves us and she's proud of both of us. Thank you. Oh, thanks, mom. Supportive mother, always. Thank you, mom. Um, so I'm gonna just start with the the sort of elephant in the room question. What like started you making jewelry out of human bones? What was the yeah the inspiration or the the pathing that took you to that? Um, I work in the medical field. And, and I'm a retired uh, ambulance medic, and I am, I've always been interested in all things medical. I've always thought bones were beautiful. The actual story why I love bones and skulls so much goes back to my childhood. Uh, growing up in uh, New England, uh, there are a lot of cemeteries that go back to like the 1600s and in the early times. And the uh, gravestones are made of slate. Mm. One of the more popular motifs that you'll see, and you'll, you can Google... Uh, cemetery images from Boston Common 
and any other, the New England area, or if you put in New England slate gravestones, you'll see one of the most common themes are uh, crossbones, skulls, wings, uh -huh. skulls, and things like that. So um, I was horrifically bullied as a kid. Yeah. Alex, can you guess why? <laughs> um, I'll take uh, being a ginger for a thousand. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Boom, daily yeah. double, Actually, baby. I was, a fat, I, was a, I was a fat, smart ginger. That's like a I, trifecta. I, oh, was a fat, I was a fat, dumb ginger, if it makes you feel any better. Well, that's the so. other end of the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It doesn't work either way. And kids are assholes, yeah. so that'll... Yeah, they really are. So uh, the bullies would chase me, and they were afraid to go in the cemetery, and it never really occurred to me to be afraid. I was way more afraid of the bullies than the cemetery. Right. So I'd run in there, and they'd wait at the gate. So that was kind of like my asylum. So I would be walking around and I started seeing all these cool images and all the imagery. And, and I noticed that a lot of the names were names that I knew, like from around town, you know, like my I went you know, to Reynolds school and I saw John Reynolds. And everything. so I recognized some of the names. And I remember going home and asking my dad, who was a career educator. My dad was an art teacher. Um, and I remember asking him, you know, who these, you know, is it the same guy? And he goes, Gave me the answer he's, he gave me until his untimely death in 2005, whenever I asked him a question. Well, look it up. Classic. So that's how you end up being a little kid, uh, going down to the town hall with your dad and, you know, opening up those crumbly books that smell like sweat socks and <laughs> going through and, and checking out and, and learning about that stuff. So uh, a boneyard and history nerd was born. And anything with bones, I was always drawn to it. And it just became an, I don't remember the, oddly, I don't remember the exact moment. I think I started seeing bone jewelry because a lot of people make jewelry out of other types of bones, like, you know, mm -hmm. animal bones. And, yeah. and for some reason, baculum bones are like very popular for necklaces. At least once a show, somebody asked me if I have baculum bones. I don't know if you're familiar with what a baculum bone is. I am is. not. Tell me mm -hmm. and also the viewers what that is. A baculum uh, for most mammals and some non-mammals, I think, but I know for most mammals that are not humans, is a penis bone. Ah, the old, uh, dick, the old dick bone. And, yes, the old dick bone. And uh, root workers, uh, especially throughout like the, the American uh, Gulf Coast, uh, will uh, they, they suggest that it's potent for certain uh vitality mm -hmm. so okay everybody, and, and everybody just wants to say hey look i got a dick bone around my neck so you know <laughs> i was and, just gonna say that's not for vitality that's so i can say i got a dick bone check out my that's boner exactly necklace dude right. <laughs> <laughs> so you know you, you have that that kind of thing happening and basically um it kind of evolved. I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing, which is a, a sort of a running theme in my life. Uh -huh. I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing. So I, I think I just sort of gradually, when I started having access, because you, you, you forget about the second elephant in the room. Ah. So other than what crazy thing happened to you? Who hurt you, Rack? <laughs> that you had to make the jewelry out of human bones. The second question I always get asked is, Where do you get them? Yeah, that's hey, why. So yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. the question my mom just asked. Actually, she was like, "Where do you get legal human bones to use for your jewelry?" You get them from osteological uh, specimen catalogs, which oh, are okay. very common in medical and academic uh, uh, fields for natural natural studies. So oh, they are not 
There is no nefarious obtaining of bones. I am actually very much against that sort of caper. Yeah. Um, I am very respectful of all types of resting places now, you know, and I realize it's not for everybody. That's one of the things that I always, you know, I will, it's a niche and it's not always the niche that you think. I mean, I do sell at horror conventions. I do sell uh, in that type of, of arena and a lot of, you know, oddities and horror, but my largest clientele is academic and medical. Yeah. What do you get the ortho that has everything? I've done custom pieces and shadow boxes like for offices because they wanted something unusual and beautiful yeah. uh, to put on the wall. And uh, so, and I've also done like um, staff gifts and, and that kind of thing. So they are legally obtained. And I just always like bones. And it seemed to be a natural progression when I said I want to do something different. And then when I saw that it was, I was able to obtain the bones and, and they are for, you know, and, and the places I buy from are aware of what they do with, I do with them. So there's no, I'm, there is absolutely no secret, no shroud to anything that I do. Right. You're no. not going grave digging for bones. Nope. And if I ever saw somebody do that, I'd tackle them and have them arrested. <laughs> well, I. Good as you should. Like, before we. Right. Before we were going to interview you, I was doing some research into that, too. Like, how does that happen? Um, and then I remembered back to college where we had a full skeleton in one of our classrooms. Yeah. And, you know, that was a real... Our professor told us he had a name for him, you know, Bob or whatever. And he's like, yeah, no, Bob's a real skeleton. Really and I yeah. and I remember thinking, like, damn, it like sucks to be that guy you know i mean <laughs> shit well that, that guy donated his, his bones to science yeah and, and yeah in many cases you'll notice the skeletons are somewhat diminutive um mm -hmm. typically they come from overseas oh gotcha and, and so it's, it's unusual to see one that's very very tall um but eventually in medical schools and and other and other uh biology uh venues that have you know that have a, a specimen they eventually get replaced because over the years handling them, and mm -hmm. some of the some of the things that can happen to those bones once they're replaced, are um, it, I hate to make it sound so cavalier because um, they get sold off for parts. It's not unlike when when someone you know trades in something larger and they sell off the individual pieces. Right. Yeah. And um, one of the things that that you know some of those bones that may not be um, in teachable condition they get lumped into, uh, like, a search and rescue package to help train cadaver dogs. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Sometimes, and you buy them. I mean, they, you buy, we all buy from the same places. Some of them are pristine condition, and they get sold to collectors, oddity collectors. Um, it, I do a podcast myself called Macabre World, and if you go to the website, you can, you can find it there. And in my first season, I actually talked to a fellow who I've bought from before who is, I call him my bone broker. We talk about the legal human bone trade. I mean, it goes, it's, it's fairly in-depth. There are a lot of collectors. You can find um, listings for entire skeletons and coffins and things like that. Um, the American Fraternal Organization, the International Order of Odd Fellows, for the longest time in many of their lodges had, and it was common for a, a legacy member to will their body for this purpose, they would have skeletons in a coffin as part of their part of their uh, ceremonial stuff. Interesting. So sometimes you hear of people moving into an old odd fellows hall, they go into the basement and get a surprise. <laughs> yeah. I'd be thrilled. But you know, oh, yeah, it's like it's not open, for everyone, that's like Christmas for you. 
Right, exactly. Christmas, you know, so I'm, how I'm much do the bones normally run you? I mean, obviously there's going to be scaling depending on if you're buying a full skeleton. Yeah, or well, not, I, but... to, to, to be, I don't, you would think these would be extremely expensive pieces. Um, it depends on where I buy it from and, and who I get them from, but my prices tend to be the same. I'm going to hold up a piece here. This is a human metatarsal. That's the long bone that's on the top of your foot. Okay, yeah. It extends out, that, that attaches, like, it's like over your arch. That's a human metatarsal. This is, I'm going to kind of see if I can't get a, it's wrapped in uh, silver. Uh-huh. And this, it comes with a little cord, and this retails for $70. Oh, okay. Okay. And sometimes I get smaller bones, and I did a bunch of these for, uh, actually, an orthopedic office. I did them for all the, all the gals that worked in the office uh, as a gift from their boss, is I sometimes set the bones in resin. I call these my starter bones. And starter bones, this is a uh, human carpal bone. That's from the wrist. Mm -hmm. And as you can see, it's suspended in resin in, in, a, in a round pendant. Oh, nice. Round pendant. And uh, for some people who might think it's a little queeby to touch the bones, yeah, these are okay. encased. And I also do bracelets out of these because um, they're more durable. So oh, makes sense. An exposed uh, bone piece on your hand or your wrist because you you beat up your hands. I mean, right. you know, people are terrible. So and these retail for forty. So it, there's you literally all have a bone to pick with me. <laughs> and got them. Rocky Rocky's got jokes. I love it. <laughs> so um and and so yeah this this particular bone is from the the wrist. It's called a pisiform. And it's one of the smaller bones in, in the carpal. So when somebody says they have carpal tunnel, this makes a lovely yeah. gift. Mm. Um, but it, I call them, like I said, the starter bones. Because something interesting happens when you wear a human bone that's not coated. Like here's one. This is another uh, metatarsal. And this one's got a hematite drop. So this is a little more of a statement piece. And um, and I, a lot of them have... I wish I had better lighting in here. A lot of them have... Um, you know, uh, uh, details and, and, and gigaws and things to, to pretty them up. And they're all on the website. So, and this one is 80. It's got a little more to it. But when you wear a bone that's exposed, bones are porous. Mm -hmm. And your skin secretes oils. Now, if you look at the color, say, of this bone, where it's very, very white, and you look at the color of the bone I'm wearing, you can see there's a patina on the piece that I'm wearing. Hmm. When I made this piece, it looked like this. I've been wearing this piece for seven years. Oh, over wow. Time, over time, they will pick up a coloration from your skin oils. Interesting. So it becomes, um, and it's unique to you because everybody's body chemistry. Yeah, right. People have to be. So um, it, it, it'll, it'll eventually get an aged look to it that is unique to you. That's interesting. It's like the bone starts to become you. Exactly. That's crazy. Other, isn't it? And, yeah. And it's, and I love another reason I love bones, and and this isn't isn't striving for any sort of um, uh, culture and political statement, but it's just the truth. Especially if you got made fun of for being a fat kid, or a ginger, or anything on the outside that yeah. people get made fun of. Um, we're all we're all really equal at one mm -hmm. level. Oh, yeah. Bones are egalitarian. They're egalitarian. They, bones are, we're all beautiful skeletons underneath here. Exactly. No matter how much padding we have or don't have, mm -hmm. no matter what color our skin is, no matter 
who we like, who we love, no matter where we live, no matter what our hair looks like, we are all the skeletons underneath. So it's right. basically, yeah. it's the base level of who we are. And I think that's a really organic thing to appreciate. That is for sure. And, yeah. We got another question again from my mother. Uh, she says, Hi, so can you buy, <laughs> she says, so can you buy whatever bone you want? Or is it more like here is box one, like mystery box. Enjoy. It depends on, uh, uh, the answer is across the board, yes. It depends on where I get them from. Obviously, in a catalog, I can specify. I have my favorites. I like vertebrae. And I, like, I prefer cervical vertebrae because when you get thoracic vertebrae, they have the, the spinal process there. Right. It's pointy and stuff like that. And I like um, phalanges or fingertips or toes and the metacarpals, metatarsals, and, of course, for the smaller pieces, the carpals that I set in resin. Sometimes when you deal with collectors... And, uh, or sometimes, uh, if you, if you see them at an auction, you kind of get what you get. Mm -hmm. I have gotten, um, random pieces. I have made wands out of, uh, tibias and, uh, radius bones from the arm and leg. I have, uh, made terrariums with, uh, larger, like, I got a bunch of these. You said wands, right? Yeah, I wrap them in leather. Oh, and, and, that's and, and so I, and I sick. I put them in, in a box. They're on the website. I, I don't have any right now, but there are some pictures of ones I've done. And uh, I sometimes, you know, put a little tail with some crystals and things on it. And it comes with the box. It comes as a display piece mm. and, um, and, and everything. And then I got a bunch of these, which, look, I realize probably not so. Is that a chess you know. piece? No, this is, um, this is a... Lower thumb. Oh, oh I see it now. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe, I believe the technical name is the Greater Metangular. Mm, gotcha. And um, I'm usually good at that. I say usually because once in a while there's, there's some little one I forget. But, um, and and this makes for a kind of an awkward pendant because it's kind of thick. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not as delicate as some of So I set these in miniature terrariums. Okay. So I usually find find something to do. And and another thing, and people say, well, how do you know if you're buying bones from so-and-so that they're legit? One of the things that, that anyone can do is if you look toward the end of the bone, you see the holes? You see there's, like, light shining through the bone? Yeah. yeah. There's a little pinhole? Mm-hmm. Yep. That's from the wire. That's the wire that's used to articulate the skeleton. Mm. So one of my... One of my uh, one of the first things I look for when someone says, hey, I got some bones, man. Um, and that doesn't happen nearly as often as I wish it did. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the first thing I'll look is, are, there, are, are, they, are they drilled for articulation? Because mm -hmm. that's going to tell me that yeah. it came from a structured skeleton that was maybe at one time hanging. Yeah. The second thing, um, and I don't have an example of it at the moment, is many of them in India ink, especially older ones, will have either a number or sometimes uh, a little scroll piece, a little, they will write the name of the bone on it. Mm. So it might have some sort of uh, label that's okay. been scratched into it, in India, almost like a scrimshaw in the India ink. And that also tells me that it was processed and used for academic purposes and scientific purposes. Gotcha. Somebody gives me some kind of, you know, says, hey, I got this big old box of fuzzy bones. I don't see either of those things. I get very disinterested very quickly. Yeah, 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 I would be too. And I get very curious about where you got, where they got them, who they yeah. are, where they live. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And who I need to tell. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So this is cool. So I would I got, definitely be I got taking... some bones in my freezer. Uh, you, you got any interest? 
Okay, <laughs> yeah. <Dahmer. laughs> yeah, calm down, Dahmer. Um, yeah, no. So this is this is super. This is all very cool. I'll definitely be taking a, a look on your website because my sister is a uh, practicing Wiccan out in Denver, and this is some stuff that she would be super interested in, for sure. Oh, very cool. In fact, if she sees something she likes, tell her to email me directly. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I will pass I'll, along. We'll hook her up. Yeah, for sure. I will definitely pass along your uh, your email and uh, let her know. Yeah, and tell tell her just you know tell me what she likes and I'll hook her up. Perfect, that's awesome. Thank you very much. I Good friends and family connection. I have a question. I have a <laughs> yeah. Everybody else go to the you website. You guys, you're not friends, all right? We're friends. Yeah. you're not. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, you're still our friends, but just not, not like friends. that. Not like that. Not like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> friends like that. If the can you or have you ever gotten a request like say someone's grandmother has passed away can you get one of like her bones i have no idea if that's even possible i have never tried Mm. i have had people ask me that before like you know if i want to donate my bones to you can i Mm -hmm. i said i personally would love it i said if you have some sort of uh uh, I guess uh, the the term I might use is uh, if you have somebody who's handling your estate and you want to write that in there, that might help. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of, of how I get them. I I wouldn't know. Right. From, of course. Yeah. Typically, I feel like there's a lot of legal stuff that's got to go through the works for yeah people and, to and get you know memorial what? I'm pieces not in made this for that. <laughs> yeah. Takes the fun out of it. Yeah. No. For sure. For sure. Man, my head is swimming right now. Thinking, I can, I can you know, literally see the questions floating behind your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just I thinking. Had people say, if I get my, you know, I have, I'm going to have my toe amputated. Can you make something out of it? I don't know of anybody who's ever been able to keep anything that's been excised. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if the use... I don't think that's the done thing because it's, 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 it's technically at that level because it's all gooey. Yeah. Um. It's uh. That's biohazardous waste, and that has to yeah. be properly handled. And I didn't even get that's to keep my teeth when they pulled them out of my face. So, teeth are different. Um, and and people always ask me, "Ooh, do you have teeth?" No, I don't work in teeth. I don't work in human hair. I don't do that sort of caper because there are a lot of other people that do, and and this is my thing. My mm-hmm. thing is the actual bones. You can't. I can't sell my jewelry on Etsy. I could sell the T-shirts at the time. Right. I cannot sell the jewelry. They they will accept teeth and hair. They do not accept what they categorize as human remains. That, oh yeah. my god! You can't. So you can't sell on Etsy. I cannot sell human bone jewelry on Etsy. I can sell anything else I might make if I have a mind to on Etsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you know, but I cannot specifically sell human bone jewelry. And you know what? Fair play. They they outline the rules. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. True. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna crank on that. Yeah. I, um, the other thing that I get asked often besides if you can, you know, I'm gonna get my toe amputated, can you do something with it? I have had people ask, I do custom work, people can just email me the, the links on the site. If they have, like, I can obtain, like your mom asked, I can obtain a specific bone, like somebody said, hey, I got carpal tunnel syndrome and I, I really want a carpal bone. I, I will, if I don't have one, I, I'll get one specifically. I have done uh, kneecaps. Cool. Um, and uh, I got a scapula once, which is your shoulder blade. Oh yeah, that's cool. I ended okay. up in a in a in a uh, in a well lit terrarium that I did. Mm. 
gotcha. so I do a little bit of everything with that. Yeah, so that ties into this other question that my mom, my mom is full of questions tonight. I love it. Um, she said, do you have a set style for each bone or do you look at the bone and then decide what the best design for that bone is going to be? That's pretty much what I do. I, I don't, I have a very similar style in the fact that I have found that certain types of wraps work best, but then I modify like, you know, this is mm -hmm. a basic wrap. The basic wrap style is, is, is what's your mom's name? Mom, mom, you good with it? It's, I'm going to tell you, I think I told her, her, her name. Weird. Michelle. Okay, Michelle, I, only because I, I'm talking to her, she's not her mom, and I keep calling her mom. She's probably <laughs> So, Michelle, what I'm saying is, I, so I have the basic style, but and that fits best. I figure out what works best for the bone. Sometimes when people say I want something a little fancy, I will elaborate on the style. So I do have a core style that it's basically born out of function and physics that I know is going to work. Because then I'll take it, and if somebody wants something with a little more pizzazz, I'll take that and I'll start adding drops. So my base framework tends to be somewhat similar for each, you know, bone that I work with in uh -huh. the sense that, you know, I work with the metatarsals the, and, and that very, very much. But sometimes the bones have their own ideas. I had a, a one of the weirdest things I had to do was a patella kneecap mm -hmm. and um, and that had a nice drill hole through it. But I was trying to find ways to work because you can't really wrap around it and everything. And I ended up. Because of where the holes are. It's, and I can drill whole extra holes in them, too. I'm yeah. able to drill them. It's a very specific tool. It's a dremel. Yeah, I would think so. That way you don't break it or anything. Right. You have to be very careful, and you have to watch your RPMs. Because mm -hmm. bones are dusty. <laughs> well, they're dry. One of the things people are very amazed at, too, is this probably, like this piece here that I just had, this weighs less than an ounce. This weighs almost nothing. Because when you, they, they're wet and heavy when they're in use right but once they are in just the bone form they weigh next to nothing they're very very light right on they're, the marrow they're, and it's everything like they're made of styrofoam it. light mm -hmm. yeah which is good too because if you want to wear a statement piece you don't want something that's gonna you know eventually yeah, get be heavy. heavy yeah right have you uh I would, have you ever like done anything with like a femur like i have not for two reasons um I don't. I don't want to see anybody wearing that around their neck. True. I don't know how, how you how you get along with that. Uh, and also, femurs are ridiculously expensive. Yeah, I can see that. The the, the you know I I usually see them between four and six hundred. Damn. Eesh. And that's and well, it's also the largest bone in your body. True. Skulls, uh, and most on most uh, between collectors and and warehouses. And that type of thing. I want to say most of the skulls I see that are fully and intact, meaning they have the mandible. They, ha if they had the, uh, the the cranial cap done, they still have, they has all the pieces, and it's you know, and, and maybe a decent set of teeth or a, most of the teeth. Mm -hmm. Those start around twelve hundred. Good lord, anywhere from a thousand oh, to twelve hundred. And then you can get some that have that don't have the mandible. They just have the top. And then mm -hmm. I've never seen one uh, in recent times. That's been less than like eight. Damn. And that's usually because he's got no teeth. He's got no mandible. Right. You know, and, and, and then maybe the top was missing from, from the autopsy. You know, so at that mm -hmm. point, he's mostly like fragments. Right. They're, it's, it, they're very expensive, but they're highly collectible. Uh-huh. I do not own one. Except for this one. <laughs> yeah, except for the one you were gifted. <laughs> with. I own. Yeah. Uh, so, if, you know, if you were to get 
a skull? Is that going to be more like a terrarium piece, or are you going to be making like goblets out of it for those people? Yeah, <laughs> want to drink think... out of a skull for some reason? The, the blood of your enemies, I suppose. Right. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> um, if I get one, it's going on display in my home. <laughs> that yeah, that's fair. <laughs> But if someone uh, said that they wanted, they had one, I would actually, because of the high expense, I would not, I would tell them, look, you know, tell me what's, what the price you find. If I can't beat it, you can get your own skull and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do whatever you want with it. That would make a beautiful terrarium piece. Mm-hmm. When I say a terrarium piece, um, I'm not actually making wet terrariums that have right. ecosystems in them. They are faux terrariums with, with the, with the uh, air plants. Because right. obviously the moisture wouldn't be good, right? For for those, so they they do you know they are safe in the fact that they don't degrade the bones in any way, but um, you know I I I think because I think the the cost is 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 prohibitive. Yeah, yeah, no. which is why I don't get requests for those. I'm trying to think if I've gotten a super. Yes, I did get a very very interesting request once. Okay. Um, I got a request for the hammer and stirrup in the ear. Oh, and I wired earrings. Oh, okay. Huh. And and those are oddly expensive as well. Well, yeah, I would. Yeah, it makes sense because they're so small and fragile. Very, very tiny. And I'll tell you, I was. I had the magnifier out. I had like, I I I was stepping lively and 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 quite careful because <laughs> they <laughs> yeah. would be very easy to damage. And I I basically kind of had to have the whole game plan done and just do like one level twist at the end because you know i did everything before i attached the bones right. because they're so delicate but between you know you went right from the the ear bones which are the tiniest the femurs the biggest in between like a rib is awkward because mm-hmm. again most of the stuff i make is wearable that's not really a wearable piece right. and when like i said when i get something that isn't wearable i end up trying to make some sort of a display item out of it that makes sense that makes sense Dang, that's I- all. I have to go to the bathroom real quick. Yes. Don't talk about ghosts without me. Okay? Dang it. I was going to segue, but I'll wait till you get back. <laughs> uh, Give me two seconds. Actually, one of the other things that people, people, ask, actually, I think my favorite was um, at one of the horror cons. Um, there was a young man, a delightfully unfiltered young man uh, <laughs> that walked by my, and, and, and he had a great sense of humor. He was probably about 13. Uh-huh. He walked by my, my, table and he kind of looked and his eyes got wide and he looks at his mom he goes do you want poltergeist because that's how you get poltergeists (laughs) oh i almost fell out and he was just terrific that's hilarious Um, that kid's awesome and yeah yeah i was just like you know what you win this round (laughs) but uh a lot of people and and i i have an faq on my site that i Mm -hmm. that i go over this but a lot of people will ask me like you know do you cleanse the bones and that's not to say everybody's got different beliefs on how those right. things kind of work. And, and and this is no disrespect to anyone who does, does not, whatever. But here's the thing. Do I cleanse the bones? I do not. Obviously, they come to me in a in a pretty pretty clean and pristine state as far mm-hmm. as, you know, they're not they're not pathogenic at this point. There's nothing right. on here that's gonna get you sick right. or anything like that. However, um, you know, like your mom said, you know, when I'm looking at it, I'm, I'm kind of like envisioning the art. And I think that's a pretty positive process. Yeah. So I think whenever artists make art, there's always a little bit of the artist in there. And, and you can see I'm a pretty solid gal. But, right. um, 
when I mentioned earlier about how bones are porous and they absorb your skin oils just like this one did. Mm -hmm. So what I tell them is, um, so yeah, the bone is porous and just as Alex mentioned, you be kind of become a part of it and it becomes a part of you. So if you got bad juju from your bone, it's not the bone, it's you. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. Well, you know, mentioning bad juju, we can take that and take the take the exit off this bone highway into your your experiences with the uh, with the paranormal. Um, you mentioned before we started the show that you were a part of the Ghost Hunters team. Uh, everybody, you guys know those guys uh, from TV. Everybody knows those guys. Um, long ago and far away, I am originally from uh, Bristol, Rhode Island. It was a Starbucks on Route 5 in Warwick, Rhode Island. I think it was Route 5. Warwick, Rhode Island. And I think it was like every third Sunday of the month, it was a paranormal group that met there. And, and being that Rhode Island's fairly small, this was the only paranormal group that was kind of regularly meeting. So when I found out about it, I'm like, ooh, I want in. So I started driving to Warwick, which was like 40 minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. And I met a great group of people. And there were two fellas that ran the group, and they were both plumbers with Roto-Rooter. And their names for, which now it seems like I'm, I'm sort of like, you know, making it go down. We're Grant and Jason. And, um, and then uh, another gentleman that was also, uh, and it was a kid named Steve Gonsalves. And, and he was from uh, New Bedford, which is a little closer uh, to where I'm from. And, 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 a, and an assorted group of people that involved in this group, uh, there were twins uh, Carl Johnson and Keith Johnson, who their claim to fame, other than I refer to them as the demon twins because they <laughs> specialize in demonology. So, you know, if you're going to be twins, be demon twins. Right. Um, and I, I am I am proud to say that uh, I have kept in touch with, with Jason, Steve, Carl, and Keith Johnson as well. Um, Carl and Keith were the first people um, to investigate the Conjuring House mm. back in the 70s. Because they knew the family, you know, that somebody right. had put them in touch with the family. And they were the ones who called Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, wow. So they got, and, they got in contact with the Warrens. Or, that's cool. Correct. So this is, if you want to talk to somebody who's grassroots on that, in fact, uh, if that's something you'd like to explore, uh -huh. Carl is a terrific guest. He was on my podcast, and it's one of the highest rated I ever had. That would so be... I'd be, happy, I'd be happy to hook you up and... and and make an intro. Yes, but, that would so, be super sick. <laughs> that's me. I'm super sick. <laughs> Hell yeah. You are. Yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah, no, that oh, would be awesome. Today. That'd be so, awesome. But, you know, um, yeah, I'd be happy to. And so it was, uh, I, I got into this group and we started investigating. Before I got into that, I was always interested because I had experience from when I was a kid. I always... You know, I think people's like the house I I grew up in was not haunted, not haunted, but there were things in places around me. Remember, I grew up in a very old area that mm -hmm. had been settled in 1680, which for the United States is pretty old. Right. Um, over in in Europe, they are nonplussed by that. <laughs> right. They're like, ah, hey, whatever. That's recent history. I think it was uh, the comedian Billy Connolly who said he was from um, Newbridge, in Scotland, and he says. The new bridge was built in the 11th century, and we're still using the old bridge. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, I think he said that in response to visiting America and like, look, this is old. It's from 1775. And he was just like, you know what? 
So, um, but so there was, but there's a lot of old history and um, something that may surprise. And I'm not suggesting that anyone who's had this experience is being untruthful. I am telling you, between um, hiding out the bullies in cemeteries. I'm going to cemeteries with my family. My family is European, so mm -hmm. uh, going and tending graves and planting uh, geraniums for some reason, um, you know, and and everything that was that was part of the culture that I grew up in. So I regularly went to cemeteries with relatives to tend and and beautify. Uh -huh. And uh, all those years looking up stuff at the town hall, I got into um, historical cemetery uh, restoration. And I started working on projects. I started grant writing for that at one time and uh, and have worked in several cemeteries on the East Coast for helping them get monies to get repairs done and to preserve the history. Because really what I was, you know, that history is amazing. When I made the correlation as a kid from the buildings and the legacy of my town and these slabs, it's, every stone has a story, whether it's Governor William Bradford of Massachusetts or whether it's, you know, it's an odd. Uh -huh. It doesn't matter. Every stone has a story. They meant something to somebody. And every stone deserves to be well-kept, safe, and respected. Regret. So, you know, and, and I, I also was, was very active in marking veteran graves from the revolution on up. Because a lot of them are unmarked, and that's mm -hmm. um, not okay. No. And that's, and that, and, and, you know, there's, there's a couple of funniest thing. And I know this is kind of an, yet another tangent. Stop me before I sub reference again. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of lovely ladies up in the Granite state, up in, up in New Hampshire who run the hub on this side of the Mississippi for what most people would see as what I'll call an Arlington style stone. Cause I think that's what most people think in their mind, but the basic uh, veteran stones mm -hmm. that they're, they're the ones who put those out and they are, a tremendously delightful and overworked, I might add. Well, yeah. So I've worked with a lot, a lot of stuff like that. I've worked with VFW and American Legion, and the uh, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of America to help clean. And and but there's been it's, it takes a village, right? So, you know, I have never ever seen a ghost in a cemetery. So um, in, you know, most I'd say three quarter, almost all of my life, I have been hanging out in what I like to call the boneyards. Because mm -hmm. I find them relaxing, I find them interesting. Many of them, especially more elaborate ones, they're very artistic. There's some amazing sculpture to be found. A lot of them have very, um, very detailed uh, arboretums. They have mm -hmm. a lot of, of beautiful trees and shrubs, and many of them are labeled. So it can be a nature walk, an art museum. You know, most people uh, back in the Victorian days they would picnic there. There are, and I'm, I'm in, in near the Philadelphia area, there are a lot of uh, events in cemeteries now, from concerts to movies to markets, to all kinds of crazy things. So it's wonderful that people are learning to enjoy these, these spaces. They're called garden cemeteries for a reason, the, the ones that are all laid out like a park. And yeah. they, they became popular. The first one was Mount Auburn in uh, Boston, uh, in uh, Massachusetts. And it's right outside of Boston. I always forget the town it's in. But uh, Mount Auburn, and then... You have uh, Swan Point in Providence, which I, I hung out. H.P. Lovecraft is buried there. A lot of people mm -hmm. know who he is. Mm -hmm. If you're a Civil War historian, uh, Sullivan Ballou is also there. So, you know, I've never seen a ghost in the cemetery. And I, and I think to myself, well, you know, I'm sure other people have. There's, there's a legend. There are legends surrounding a couple of different cemeteries in Rhode Island alone. 
Um, so there's, I've never seen one in a cemetery. I don't think I'd hang out there. It's not really where I would feel connected because I'd like to yeah, think exactly. that people yeah. go to where they feel connected. 100%. People might, you know, go to where one of their most prized possessions are. I just saw a little bit on TV about somebody buying something at an antique store that he believes uh, had an attachment and he brought something kind of spooky into his house. And when he got rid of what he bought, he also got rid of the spooky attachment. So it seems like that can be related to things. Mm -hmm. It can be related to people and it can be related to places. The house that I'm currently in, that you see around me, um, was built in 1851. And uh, the area I'm in in New Jersey is in so a southern Jersey farmland area. And uh, it's, so this area was thinly settled to begin with and mostly farms. It still is mainly farms. My area is a little like kind of a, a little antiques village and, and it's kind of a cute little spot. So this house, prior to moving in, um, was owned by another gentleman who sold it right before he passed away. Because he was sick, and, and he knew he was he was gonna have to. I think he, I think that was one of the last things he did um, on hospice. And shortly after moving in, he's sitting around. There isn't a board on the stairs or the floor or anywhere that doesn't creak in this house because <laughs> it's from 1851. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. yeah. So every every floorboard groans, especially when I step on it. But you know, all the floorboards creak. And and it's and and houses settle and they make crunchy noises all the time, but it's a very distinct sound of somebody creaking the floorboards. In fact, I've gotten to the point where, I, like, if I walk from the bedroom to the bathroom, I I know the pitch of every step because oh, yeah. 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 yeah 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 you get to know the pattern. So I was like, this is my my studio in my office. I was in here and I was hearing that pattern, like somebody was walking from the bedroom to to the bathroom. I'm looking and I don't see anything. I hear that distinct pattern. Mm -hmm. And I was downstairs and I heard the walking around upstairs. And sometimes I was hearing that there. And I got a sense of some one night I, I was working on something. I was working. I, always, I have a sewing machine, which is the course, of, you know, the cause of much strife. If anybody's ever had a sewing machine, you've never heard language like that from anyone. <laughs> um, and oh, yeah, it's, it's it can be it can be a trick. So, I mean, remember, I was just like, I had it. The, the project was not going as planned. And I was, uh, and, and I hope my mom's not going to be upset. I was swearing a blue streak, you know, and I was a frizzer, razzer, frazzer, razzer. And, and, and everything. And I almost got, like, this sense of, like, somebody going behind me, like, laughing. <laughs> and and I just said to myself, there's somebody, there's something here. I didn't feel threatened in any way. Mm -hmm. I got it like it, they were curious about what I was doing and everything. So I remember when I met my, my newer neighbors, I had talked to, to the folks that live next door. And I said something about, I didn't mention the ghost because I'm the new neighbor. They're going to lock you up for that. You're not going right. to get invited <laughs> for potluck you start if you lead with that. Yeah. And I said something along the lines of, yeah, and everything. They were like, well, how are you settling in? I said, well, you know, now I'm just kind of getting around making little things for the house. I says, oh, I said, I had a, I had a night of it last night with the sewing machine, man. So that thing was crazy. I said, I was just so frustrated. Now, they knew the, the previous owner because they'd lived here for, for many, many years. Mm -hmm. and, and she says, oh, yeah, well, Henry used to sew all the time. You know, because he, he was a puppeteer. Uh, yeah. 
Mm. I started oh. learning about about he, he was he made he made beautiful marionettes and puppets and nutcrackers and things like that. So he was a, an artist, a puppeteer, and um, and he made all of the outfits that they like you know the the, yeah, the puppet yeah. clothes. So she said whenever she had a problem with her machine, he would always help her because he was you know a, a great a great guy and very very talented. So I'm thinking about that, and I literally heard like. You know, like, there you go. And I was like, you know, that kind of, it was sort of the thing I got. Like, somebody was looking over my shoulder. Yeah. Going, yeah, that, that sucks, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I kind of I left it at that. And then things started to show up. By show up, I mean, um, there are, there is a, a lot of these houses have, um, this is, this house has probably remodeled uh, stem to stern, I don't know how many times since it was built. But the craftsman era was big for built-in, so we have a lot of like mm-hmm. built-in shelves and, and and things like that. And there's a, a nice china cabinet in my uh, dining room that is a built-in, and that was empty when I moved in. And going through it Thanksgiving, I think it got emptied again because you use every plate in the house and then some, and you're still washing them to get pie out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know how that goes. So. One day, I, I, and I'm one of those people who has things just so. Mm-hmm. I walk by, and I see something's kind of off kilter. And I look, and it's a shot glass on its side. And uh, the person I lived with at the time, I said, is this yours? No. I never saw that before. And, and I looked at it, and I was like, that wasn't there before. I know it wasn't there before. I've never seen it. And it was a souvenir shot glass. From South Beach, Florida, that said Henry's Bar. Mm. So it literally came out of nowhere. And I had picked up shot glass and I just couldn't. I'm like, and I mentioned it to, to the landlady and said, she goes, no, that was empty. 100% empty because I cleaned it myself. I was like, yeah. And like I told her, I said, at Thanksgiving we had it empty. And I said, I have no idea where this came from. But not one to look a gift in the, in the mouth. Uh, whenever folks come over and we have social occasions that involve libations, the shot glass comes out. And amongst all of the other ridiculous things one will, will raise a glass to, we always make sure we put a little something in it, leave it out. And at the end of the night, a Henry. And usually I end, th- end up doing that shot. Mm-hmm. There you but, go. Thank you. And, and others have experienced uh, one of, one of uh, a good friend of ours, um, uh, her boyfriend uh, said he felt somebody touch him. He was upstairs on his way to the to, to the bathroom, which kind of well, that might explain why he's never gone upstairs again. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and that kind. Of, so people have had other than myself have had experiences, and um, I've I actually was touched to my that I'm aware of only once, and it was possibly the most genuine experience because I was at the top of the stairs um in addition to all of my other challenges I'm also a klutz and <laughs> I was you know what flip flops on the stairs you are taking you're just basically rolling the dice at that point yeah it's a 50-50 so was, chance it really is you know it, it, at that point you gotta say you gotta know what you're getting into there mm-hmm. so I was going to go down the stairs and and my shoe caught and I was about to pitch down a full flight of stairs all of a sudden, it felt like someone snagged the back of my shirt and yanked me back, and I was sitting on the top of the step. Oh, snap. 
it was one of those like, Bleh, you know, you, you uh-huh. kind of got, and it happened quickly. And my, my laundry basket went down the stairs, but I did not. And mm. I was like, whoa, man, thank you. That was a solid. Yeah, thanks, Henry. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I, I live alone and I, I talk to him. I talk to him. And, and I think for a while there I had some insomnia and I swear I heard him pacing. I'm like, no, mm. come, on, man. come in and watch TV. Relax, you know, and, and, and hang out and, and we'll all relax and get some rest. But um, I have had smells, but I cannot, uh, cigarettes, mm. and, and nobody's smoking. The best is, you know, uh, when you walk through a doorway, you get about six inches for that, I guess, the post and lintel around the door. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Many occasions, walking from my dining room into the kitchen... Not just me. This has been reported by at least two other people. You pass through that doorway, that six inches of the doorway. As you pass through, on occasion, you will smell the most fantastic French toast, pancake, bacon, maple breakfast kind of smell. Mm. No kidding. Oh, yeah. It makes you go diving for the French toast. (laughs) It is absolutely delectable. It smells like heaven. I actually... When, you know, now at this point, been here a while, the neighbors know I'm weird. So, you know, the cat's <laughs> out of bed. Now I'm telling the other neighbor, I said, it's weird. I smell these breakfasts. I said, and it's terrible because then I got to like go to IHOP or something. Yeah, you now know, you get I, a hankering. Or I got to spend an hour cooking to get this terrific breakfast. Um, and I said, it's just so funny. And it's just right in that, that part. And they said, oh, you know, um, Henry and his partner, when they lived there, they would have... Um, they owned my house too, and the house next door is a much larger cavernous Victorian with the target mm-hmm. kind of thing. Very, very, it's like a very cool Queen Anne. Um, and they said they owned both of these houses. They lived in your house, but they ran a B and B in this house. Uh-huh. So, is a good chance there was you know you would cook at one you know you'd cook and take it yeah. And so that made sense. And it, I did ask. He did smoke. So sometimes I will I will smell a cigarette. I will I will smell that delicious breakfast. Henry's oh, out God. there just smoking a cigarette and making himself some breakfast. I'm telling you, you know, he's more than welcome. I just wish I, you know, I need the breakfast. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't just give me the smells, man. Make the pancakes. Oh yeah, I want the pancakes. I do. I, sometimes I'm just like, damn it, Henry, and I have to go out. I'll start craving pancakes. But, you know, and, and, and many people are like, well, assuming that they don't think I'm just bananas, which, you know, fair point. Everybody's entitled. But I've had these experiences. I'm not the only one who's had them. Mm-hmm. You know, at, at one point, oh, this is the one that, this one, this one slayed Dwayne. This Dwayne, this one's for you. So I'm a little bit tidy. I like to, to, to keep a tidy house. And I was vacuuming. Now, I got my route when I vacuum, I don't know if you guys are like this, if you're the vacuumer or, you know. No, you I vacuum, definitely have like a... when, you mow the lawn, when you mow the lawn, you have a route. You start yep. at the same place and you go the same way, all right? Yep. Because just remember, mowing the lawn is just like vacuuming outside. <laughs> yep. So, so, I, so I got my route. And I passed around front of the TV and I went around and I went to turn around to go around to the other side. And suddenly, now at the time, I had a large dog. In the very center of the I literally turned my back, went into like a corner, and then turned around to go back. 
where I just had vacuumed and there was a pile of dog hair in the middle, as if it had been swept in out of the, because you know how it gets in the corners. Yep. And, 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 and your dog looks like it's nice. Uh, Alex's dog looks like it's a little more hypoallergenic. Oh, but he... <laughs> I got to tell you, yeah, you know, you got a, you got a fluffy Sheppy kind of dog. He sheds That's hair everywhere. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. It's kooky. <laughs> it's absolutely zany. So all of a sudden, all of the dog hair that was likely in the room was in this big tumbleweed in the middle of the floor. And it happened in as much as I went one, two, went around, around the high fireplace, three, four, turned around and it was there. So it, even if it blew in from somewhere, mm-hmm. it couldn't be in a dense pile. Like right. That. Yeah. And I was like, dude, you are the best. You just yeah. see me crawling up under the furniture and having to pick a vacuum <laughs> God only knows where in the bowels of this house. Thank you so, so much. So, so I, and one of the, and, and all kidding aside, and, and if, if you want to take, some people don't believe it. Like I said, I don't, I, I respect their, their right to, to feel how they do. I have had too many incidents to not mm-hmm. put credence. And what I've come, people say, well, why is he here? Why would he be here? Do you think he's trapped? No, I don't think he's trapped. I think he's here because no. he wants to be here. Yeah. I think he is here for the same reason I am still here. And for the same reason we get along so well. We both love this house. Yeah. I take care of it. I take care of the yard. I love this house. I appreciate the antiquity. I love the flavor and the whole charm of it. And I think that initially he was kind of like, I hope they're not going to be jerks. Yeah, kind of like that, that bit in Beetlejuice where they get these jerks that run into their house. <laughs> yeah. you know? And I think, you know, and and I I think I have never had a negative experience here. I have had experiences that make me feel like I have um, a really really cool roommate. Well, that's 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 awesome. That's cool that your experience with the with uh, the guy hanging out in his afterlife has been. Nothing but benevolent, which is cool. And, well, I, I mean, it's not it's not twenty four seven. I want. They say they have activity over there occasionally. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he goes back and forth. He might. You um, check in on I his B and B. Sure, there must be other things that you have to do. You know, yeah. like afterlife stuff. But you know, I've had I've had experience. I've had the heebie-jeebies, just not here, and, and mm-hmm. I don't want them here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, my, yeah. Like, that's your home. It's the last place you want heebie-jeebies right. in. Exactly. Oh my. And, my wife is famous we're talking we're in a new house obviously and her mom came over to visit and her mom is pretty certain there's you know some sort of spirit in the house that she's currently in she's like is this house haunted and i was like no it's too young (laughs) to be haunted and she's like well you can have one of my ghosts and I was like, yeah, send them over. And my wife's like, no, don't. I'm like, the good ones keep the bad ones away. It's, I, I'm a firm believer of that because sometimes spirits get a bad rap. Like, oh, they're all spooky. They're all, you know, malevolent yeah, or whatever. I agree with you. Yeah. And that's, well, that's not, I've, I've, I've felt the bad ones. I've definitely been in situations where I'm like, and Ben can attest to this also. We've told, these stories a hundred times yep. on this podcast but i've been around the bad ones but the house i grew up in in south texas that was not a bad spirit that was a that was a casper the friendly ghost she loved to fuck with you and she loved to scare the shit out of you but at the same time we called her jenny and uh you know jenny was a was a good egg 
you know, she she was all right. It felt like you had another member of the family. Yeah, you so, guys are exactly how I blessed in that it. regard because I don't think I've had a interaction with a with a good one yet. Well, that's not true. My grandpa does kind of come visit me every now and then, which is cool. But yeah, mine have all it, have all been very of the spooky nature, and I was like, no thanks, no more. <laughs> It's hard no. to explain to someone also who's never lived that, you know, yeah. like Something when they've never happened. lived the day to day. Yeah, it's like you can't explain it to anybody because they'll always think you're a kook or you're crazy yeah. or you're making stuff up, which is fine. Like you said, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But once you live it, it's like, OK, yeah, no, there's something there's something going on. Uh, this is not explainable. That's sometimes my lights will flicker, too. Mm hmm. That ha- that'll happen. Thank you. Yep, there it is. Henry's is it like, right now? Yeah, I could. I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> Henry's just like, yo, I'm here. I'm on the podcast too. What's Dude, going on? that's so cool. Yeah. So, uh, did you see it in that time? Yeah, yeah. I saw it. Yeah, he's yep. he's he's really there. He's like, what's up? Um, that's sick. Okay. Um, I do have one question that's been sitting in the chat for a while. So before we. Uh, move on to anything else my my mom was wanting to know as well like the timeline like how long does it take to make a, a shadow box versus you know a, like a necklace if you're making a pendant or something well it they, they doesn't take me you know it, i probably can make two or three uh, smaller items in an afternoon because like we said you know i i have a basic thing but then i start I get that thing where I start rooting around, like, how can I dress this up? And I mm-hmm. have a little bag of other jewelry findings and bits, and and I will pull out pieces and kind of... But So if I'm in that phase where I'm really playing with it, it takes a lot of time. I can wrap something simple like this. If someone says, I just want a basic wrap, I can do this in, in a few minutes, obviously. Right. But the design phase, when I say, all right, well, I want to make something, or if I get an oddball piece... And I just have to stick. I just have to stare at it. You're right. And 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 now now you can't not notice the lights, right? <laughs> I know. I was just thinking the same thing. Like, man, Henry's like, wait a minute, you're talking about bones again? This is bullshit. What, what? Oh yeah, he loved, yeah. He loved it. <laughs> Literally, have skeletons in my closet. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's 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 it, it can vary. The larger pieces, the shadow box pieces, they do take a lot of time. I spend hours on those. Mm-hmm. I usually spend two to three hours on them. And, and, and the reason I can't give you like a full start to finish is because what will happen is like for, for a terrarium piece, you know, I, I make all the floral bits. Mm-hmm. And then they have to dry. So while they're drying, I'm going to work on something else. Right. You know, I'll, I'll do it. And I have a real job, too, that I, I, I devote, you know, my time to. So I, I, this, is, this is still just a, a you know something I do outside of that because I'm addicted to um, indoor plumbing and health insurance. <laughs> so I need to <laughs> you know, keep that going. Speaking of though, the ghost part thing that's interesting too is uh, animals. We mentioned that we're all dog people. I don't have one at the moment, dogless. But when I had a dog here, um, he would just roll over, belly up, and like somebody was scratching. There was nobody around. <laughs> yeah. So, and the animals, animals always know. I'm mm-hmm. okay. This is where everybody has their own opinions, and mine's not going to be popular. I do not hate cats. I choose not to live with a cat because I don't want to live with anything in my house that 
loops inside and doesn't flush. <laughs> yeah. boxes. So it's just a pathogenic thing with me. It is nothing personal against the cats themselves. That being said, like everybody else's cats, and they're all on acid. So if you tell me, well, the cat was acting weird, then it's a cat. All yeah, it's a cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, all cats are strange. They're weird anyway. So, um, and, and there used to be an old wives' tale that if you look through, if you're behind your pet, and their ears are up, mm-hmm. dog or cat, and if you look through over their head, through their ears, allegedly you see what they see. Mm. Didn't work for me, but I'm just telling it's an old wives' tale. So animals can be very reactive to that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Typically, they'll give you, they'll give you a, a good indicator that something unusual is going on. Unless it's a cat because they're crazy. Right. Yeah, no, my dog's done that a couple of times when I've felt that my grandpa's hanging around who like just stare at some random spot. I'm like, what are you looking at? And then later I'll catch like the movement out of the corner of my eye or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Pops just stopped by for a visit again. And one of the things I, I you see on a lot of the shows, because, you know, back when we were all meeting at Starbucks, we were just this little little band of, of, of weirdos. Um, and now this is a big business. Mm-hmm. There are channels that devote 75 or more percent of their programming to this, to paranormal shows. Yep. So it is, it is now the hot, cool thing. <laughs> and it's, you know, and so those of us who are old school, who were looking around when people thought we were crazy, you know, and, and I, it, with greatest respect to people who were even way more old school than I, like the Johnson twins who were doing this in the early 70s, which is, I think, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now it's very, it's a little, people are, so, so now you have these shows where they show you clips of, you know, different things, and, and people share a lot of these clips online and reels and whatnot, uh-huh. you know, and one of the things you'll see in a lot of these clips are shadow people. And shadow people are often seen as, like, just literally that, like a shadow moving or it looks like somebody peeks around the corner and doesn't, but it's just a black shadow. Yeah, yeah. And many of the commentators, not all, but many of the commentators, and, and certainly a lot of the commenters online, automatically assign malevolence to shadow yeah. people. Maybe it's because they're shadow people. And a lot of times, you know, I think there needs to be a pretty distinct concept between being scared and being startled. Yeah, 100%. Those haunted houses where you go in Halloween and Freddy Krueger comes out from behind the corner. He startles you. He's not scaring you. You know he's not going to hurt you because you have Ed from Kiwanis just trying to raise money. Right. So <laughs> Freaking Ed. Wearing the mask and he borrowed his, his kid's you know, sweater. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, imagine if you were spirit and you have... Let's 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 make it even more practical. Imagine you're in a room with someone who cannot hear you, see you, or know that you're there. Mm-hmm. You want to get their attention. Inevitably, whatever you might do to garner their attention is going to scare them. Yeah, going to startle them. You're in a quiet room. Imagine yourself with noise canceling headphones on. You have a sleep mask on, and you're relaxed in a chair. And somebody taps you on the shoulder. You kind of got to shoot right through the roof. Yeah, you yeah. Won't see it coming. You won't know it's there. So, where most people either cannot sense or ignore their sense, and I'll get on that in a second because that's that's a bugaboo of mine. <laughs> ignore their sense. No, it's true because people talk themselves out of it all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. 
so and if it's somebody knocking something off a shelf or whatever the the opening a drawer or, or whatever it's going to startle you it's going to appear frightening at that point do you really want to be saying that you're scared you were startled right I don't think it there needs to be any kind of evil malevolence attached to every type of poltergeist activity or any kind of you know uh incident yeah or or any shadow person that you see that just may be somebody just you know passing through whatever mm-hmm. so I don't think that it's it's fair to auto to assume that everything is frightening or scary that's not to say there aren't things that are scary there are but you know i think it's it's difficult to imagine you know some people say well is you think it's an there's an active haunting or a residual haunting residual is the term people use uh in the paranormal studies where gettysburg is a good example of a mm-hmm. residual a residual haunt and um Gettysburg, people say that they, they, they've been on the battlefields at night. They, they run ghost tours at Gettysburg. Right. They run uh, paranormal uh, uh, events that at night you can hear the, you can hear the gunshots. Mm-hmm. Some people have looked off and seen soldiers just marching right into the woods. So is that an intelli- they, they used intelligent versus residual. And, you know, is that something that's, is it an imprint? From all of the all of the the, the activity that was there, that was mm-hmm. a very very um, intense event in history, you know. And then they talk about when you get something like I didn't plan on having this here, but I realized I do. This is a REM pod, and a REM pod. Uh. If you watch the ghost ghost shows, you'll see these. It is. Um, I'm going to tell you, if you're into electronics at all, it is the first cousin to a theremin. Mm. Old Star Trek kind of thing. I'm trying to remember where the... (laughs) This is fairly new to me. That's the one that lights up when it, like, senses, like, paranormal frequencies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What's up, Henry? (laughs) (laughs) all right hen yeah for it again yep (laughs) that's crazy when i pick it up it's me which when i have my my hands yeah yeah all right all right all right wow oh um there are this senses um uh, temperature you can adjust the sensitivity and now this is going to be me showing you. You can. Mm-hmm. That's why yep. I said it's like the first cousin to the theremin. Yeah. yeah. All right, show off. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough of that. You know you're here. Um, so you get, you know, that's people use use th- those devices to communicate. Yeah, you got to get down the lights again. People use those devices <laughs> to. To communicate so that you know and there's if somebody says geez that's really great but i'm not sure i want to shell out for something like that um if you go online and you and you were to look either on amazon or any whatever your out retail outlet online of choice is um ghost hunting cat toys or rem pod cat toys 
those little clear balls that when you barely touch them, they light up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. People use those, as, and those are like, I don't know, four for eight bucks. Yeah. So, you know, if you wanted to have, uh, if you wanted to have that REM pod experience where something touches and, and, and signals, you can use the, the light up cat ball toys. Those are very common. A lot of people have those. Interesting. As, in, their, in their arsenal because they're inexpensive and they're easy to, you know, yeah. to screw them about everywhere. So, you know, there's a lot of different... I actually think, and, and this is in no disrespect to any religion, I'm a universalist, I think everybody's got a little bit of the right idea, um, and nobody's got it 100% right. Yeah. But I, I think that we have focused, and I say we as, as culturally, have focused incredibly on the spiritual, mm-hmm. as far as trying to explain how people are, why they're here and everything. And I think that there is an element, obviously, to that, but I'm I'm a I'm a science girl at heart, and I honestly think that the answers to this type of stuff are probably going to be found as much, if not more so, in reading what Albert Einstein wrote. And you're starting to think about how time works, relativity. Mm-hmm. I think, I, and I am I'm going to be very honest. I am not at the depth where I have a uh, a comprehensive grasp of um, of physics. And, and astrophysics and particle theories and all the rest of the stuff right, that he yeah. did in the space-time continuum. But I think the answers that people seek are not wholly spiritual at all. I think that a lot of the explanations and I think the connection is, has a lot more to do with time and space than it does with heaven and hell or souls. That's me personally. I, I think... And I'm not saying that the twain can't meet. They can. There's, I'm mm-hmm. sure there's an integration there. Mm-hmm. But when people talk about these types of things, they almost immediately go and go into the spiritual, which is kind of interesting, too, because going back to the whole bone thing, you know, people are always worried about cleansing the bones. What are you going to do? You know, they're science. They've been sitting in classrooms for ages. Right. And the classroom was you know, it, Right. And so I, 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 and I'm, I always try to be respectful of all, of all kinds of folks' belief, but it's it's I think there's more science and more deep science and more science we don't understand connected to this than there is spirituality we don't understand. Mm. Well, and I yeah. I think you're I think you're exactly right, especially in the sense of saying that everybody's got it a little bit right, but nobody's got it exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's Our a hodgepodge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a portion of spirituality that can just be explained as it's something that science hasn't had a chance to explain yet. So we just attribute it to something. Oh, there's loopholes everywhere. Yeah. So there's just something that it's, it's now more like spiritual to people because science hasn't progressed or looked at it deep enough yet. So it's kind of like it's magic basically. Which again, well, you know, there was a time science. in our history I thought was restricted to the Middle Ages where people thought the world was flat. Um, they made I a resurgence. <laughs> the Middle Ages. I'm trying to figure out how somebody can can. Get, I mean, and, and and this is you know, if you've been in a an airplane, how can you think that? It, yeah, I them trying to prove there's it, a point just, where you can you know, it's it's not so. Yeah, that, that's that's a little beyond me. Uh, but again, to each their own. Doesn't mean I'm not going to think you're cuckoo. 
Right. And again, there's plenty of people who listen to me and think I'm crazy. So I think that's just fair well, all the way around. I've but been, yeah, you know, it's crazy. I've been enjoying the more the James Webb telescope sends back, sends back data, the more the big bang theory kind of starts to crumble on its head. And like you, what you just said about, you know, the earth being flat when that theory was first founded you'd be executed for heresy if you went against that you know no that can't be right you know um and for the longest time it was well the big bang theory that's exactly you know it, that's a very simplistic way to think about it and look at it and somewhere in the middle is probably the truth but uh, whether yeah, or not we figure it out in our lifetime yeah know and and i i think there's factors to it that we don't know but i i always say to myself i think there's a lot more time and space to this Mm -hmm. than than people talk about no for sure for sure and and i think that's especially when and i think the residual haunting definitely gives gives the the impression that that's kind of a you know because obviously you're seeing something as it happened it's like it's like it's, it's like a loop yeah you know, and I've been places. I've been on battlefields and heard gunshots. Mm-hmm. And I know the difference between um, only because I was a colonial reenactor. I don't have like some sort of arsenal in the house. <laughs> um, but I, I, uh, I know the difference. There is a distinct sound. I don't know if either of you have uh, firearms experience. I would imagine. I do. Yeah. Uh, um, especially, yeah. Um, there is a distinct, audible difference between a modern weapon and a black powder weapon. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even now there are some people who say well I heard that that's a shotgun that's a this that's a that and that's a handgun and that's a two such and such caliber I don't mean that I mean that's a gun that was designed in the 1700s those things have their own sound mm-hmm. flint locks and, and the, the ball and powder yes they make a different boom yep than something that is an automatic semi-automatic or, or whatever you know Mm-hmm. That, that is a modern weapon. They're more efficient. Uh, it's a more compact cuss of sound. Right. So to say that I've, and I was in a colonial reenactment group and they use, re- you know, those types of, black powder is very popular for hobbyists. Right. So I know what black powder actually sounds like because I've seen it packed and shot. And I have heard gunshots that do not belong in this time. Mm-hmm. This is like Gettysburg, Lexington and Concord. Yeah. And and it's and there's definitely a feeling. Gettysburg is a really intense place. For anybody who's who's looking to to experience it, and they're getting over there. There is a wonderful company called um, Confederate Trails, and there's more than one company. But that's the company I can personally say I had a, I had a wonderful experience with. They offer horseback riding tours of the battlefield. Oh, and okay. let me tell you. Uh, this ginger ninja had never been on a horse before. So <laughs> I, uh, if you are a beginner, don't let that sway you. The, the animals are, are very calm and they're, and they, they're, they're better at doing this than you are. So, um, but one of the things that I, I bring it up because if you've been to Gettysburg, it's a giant loop around the battlefield and you drive the loop because that's, you know, how the cars, and you can see the different monuments. When you take the horseback tour, you go through the middle of the battlefield. Mm. So there's a point in this where you're kind of coming up on the area of Pickett's Charge, and you're in the middle of the battlefield. Pickett's Charge was a cavalry charge, and there's a point, and you don't hear the cars because you're in the middle now. You're kind of out of the bustle and hustle because uh-huh. everybody's at the edges. Now you're in the middle. 
and people get real quiet. And as and you're on a horse, and you don't see the telephone wires, you don't see all that. You just kind of look, and you're thinking, you know, some. And that was one of the most pivotal battles. In fact, um, it, it it was traumatic mm-hmm. for for the for the for the Confederacy because uh, Pickett came back, and he's like, I lost everybody, you know, mm-hmm. and. I, 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 it gives, if you're the type to reflect as such, as you're coming in on horseback and it's quiet and it looks as it did then, seeing it from the view of somebody who might be a cavalry uh, mm-hmm. person because you're on a horse. And it, and it really gives you an idea of, of the sense of what they, what they felt and how it looked. And it was a terrific way to experience the battlefield. That's very cool. I'm going to have to pop on over there while I'm still up here and go check it out. Anything you know, it's anything time you can put yourself. I think in the path of history, mm-hmm. yeah, and it is is a wonderful thing. Yeah, and, and I'm and a huge history nerd, so that'd be me too. That'd be super cool. You know, our history's all around us. I mean, that's why when people go, "Oh, you like cemeteries," I'm like, "Do you have any idea how much you can learn in there?" <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, real. you know, and 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 so and, and do you see any ghosts in there? No. No, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's they're everywhere else though, so I'd be. Yeah. Wise I mean, they've it. got better things yeah. to do than hang out where they're freaking meat wagons parked. Right, you know, and um, well, that was interesting too. I, I told I was, I was an ambulance. Uh, I I worked nine one one EMS, and it was a tremendous privilege to, to be there uh, when people needed you the most. Mm-hmm. And at, in, in the guise of, of doing my, my job and my duties, I was there when people came into the world and when they left. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have ever been there at either one of those moments, you can feel a shift, an energy shift. Oh, yeah. And, and, it's, and so, so it's out there. But the poltergeists aren't attached to my jewelry. <laughs> I literally have skeletons in my closet, and and all I have is the world's coolest Henry. Nice, yeah, Henry's. There you go again. Dim it, dim in the lights. In tribute, Henry. Um, all right, so yeah, let's see, we've come up on we're about an hour twenty now. So, uh, Chad, if you guys have any more questions, start thinking of them and writing them down, and we'll try and run through them really quick once you have them. But I think now is a good point to get to alex's question which we uh we ask every guest um that we have on uh this question and i have a, a running tally in my mind of who's you know answer ranks where okay. on my imaginary whiteboard uh Dwayne's was pretty up there uh, i think the best one we had so far was a lady called kathy mcdaniel who uh she had a uh a near-death experience so yes I, I, i've talked to her Yep. So hers is up there. I have a feeling we we swim it. We fish in the same pond. I think we have we have probably since, so since Dwayne. I think we've all we've uh, cast our rods in the same pond. Um, Absolutely. So Dwayne's was up there. He had a really good response. Kathy had a great response too. Um, so now never heard Dwayne not have a good response. He's fantastic. That's fair. Very That's fair. So now it's your turn, and we'll see. Okay. On the whiteboard of my brain, where you and end it's, up. <laughs> it's funny how it seems like we kind of touch on this question throughout conversations generally with people. But my question is to people, um, you know, what do you think the, the general 
plight of humanity is you know why are we here what's what's our job what's our you know our social contract if you will um you know essentially why are we here you know doesn't have to be exact science or exact you know i have i have, I have an answer okay perfect go, go shoot and sadly, it is not in my own words because I'm quoting someone. I'm <laughs> quoting a, a, a fellow named Ram Das. And whenever I try to figure out why I'm here, why I'm not here, what I want, and what, what, what does it all mean? I remember a, a, very, a very key quote from him. We're all just walking each other home. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that a lot. And I wish I, I, wish I had a, 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 my own original thing to say. But no, that's actually, perfect. That's exactly how I feel about it. When I read that, it struck it struck a chord with me. Mm -hmm. And when I think about, you know, why are we all really here? Because, you know, we got all kinds. We got people that hate people for no reason. Mm -hmm. We have people that hate people for good reason. <laughs> we have, yeah. you know, there's so much derision. Mm -hmm. So and I and I think that one of the things that I've always found interesting about humanity is, um, in many cultures, the propensity to focus on the differences rather than the similar similarities. Mm. Yep. You know, and we're we're a lot more alike than we are dissimilar. But we yep. don't always. I say we as as in culturally in general, people don't always choose to focus on that. But as far as what our purpose is, I think we're all just walking each other home. That's really well put. I and like that a lot. That's up there. Kind of there with Dwayne and Kathy. Yeah, I was just gonna say, kind of strikes a chord, you know, and the memory banks with me of our conversation with Kathy as well, because um, a lot of the things she said, I I still think about all the time. Though a lot of things that all of our guests have said that have really resonated with me, and mm -hmm. um, it's a great question. Thank you. I yeah, I it was just a spitball question, but I figured um it's a good thing to ask people after you spend an hour or so talking to them cuz although the the answers have been, you know, somewhat similar, each one has given just a little bit of a different perspective to me. You know, just trying to make it in life, you know. We're all just out here trying to survive. Yep. Yep. All just walking each other home. That sentiment because I think it's important to realize that, you know, we're all in the human race. Right. And we're all just trying to get through it. And that's one I think is is the great similarity. And there's so many differences and so many arguments over differences, so many injustices over differences. Yeah. That I think it's important to remember, you know, that in the end, we're all just trying to get through it. Yep. And I think that's a huge similarity that... that has served me well socially because I try to keep an open mind. I try to keep an open heart and I try to, you know, just make sure that if I'm walking somebody home, I don't lead them into a ditch. Right. <laughs> yeah. That would be terrible. It would that be. That would be wrong. It would be the worst. Talking with myself. <laughs> be the worst. Well, uh, Rocky, I thank you uh, wholeheartedly for taking this hour and a half to talk with us. Um, it's been, been my pleasure. It was a it was a great a great discussion, a great interview. Um, thoroughly enjoyed all of it um, for sure. And I will definitely be passing your information on to my sister so she can peruse the wares. Oh, yeah, and good. she has coin for wares. So, <laughs> but uh, I, uh, yeah. yeah, I had a great time. 
Good. That makes us happy. Yeah, and thank you for being here. The bones. They can come see me in uh, Pennsylvania at uh, Penhurst Asylum. Penhurst Asylum uh, is the next one. Twentieth and twenty-first is when the vendors are going to be attending uh, at the Paranormal and Oddities Expo. Uh, they can go to my website, darkartstudio.com. You can see the bone jewelry. You can see a lot of some of the other stuff. You can get uh, hooked up with my podcast. Even though you guys probably did better interviews with the same guests. No, um, and- <laughs> Don't say that. No. Don't say that. You know the greatest thing about about even even if we all talk to similar people because everybody interviewed interviews famous people you can see the same you know interviews with five different uh, news outlets for the same person everybody's mm-hmm. gonna have their own take right and, oh yeah and, and I think that's that's the fun part of it it actually. is it is really for sure do. it is I think it's the fun part so you know um, they you can learn a little bit about that and uh, you guys made a friend tonight hell yeah love it, it. we sure did. Sick. Yep. So, uh, Penhurst Asylum, May nineteenth, uh, twentieth, and twenty first. The twentieth and twenty first is when the, the vendor is the twentieth and the twenty first. Twenty first, exactly. So, any of you out there, whenever this hits your ear holes, and you guys uh, are intrigued enough to go meet Rocky, she'll be out at uh, Penhurst Asylum in uh, Pennsylvania on those dates. Her uh, website is in the description of this YouTube video, and we'll put it in the stuff for um, just the audio version of the podcast as well. I also linked her Instagram, or at least put her Instagram handle uh, down there as well, as well, so you can go check her Instagram out uh, as well. Um, but thank you again, and thank you for everybody that uh, sat here and uh, joined us on this uh, fine Sunday evening. And just remember, we're all the same skeleton on the inside. That's right. All, all just a bag of bones at the end of the day. If you like, you can wear it on the outside, too. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, just to close the show out, like we always do, make sure you tell somebody you love them. Life is short and it's precious. Make sure you reach out to a friend or a family member, somebody you haven't told in a while that you love them, and tell them that you love them. All right, y'all. Y'all have a safe week. Have a great week. And we will see you back here next week. Same place, same time, barring any craziness. All right? Peace and love, y'all. See ya. All right. Love you guys.